Welcome to the Between Two Wheels podcast, cycling news, commentary, and analysis from Northern California. This is episode 101, and I'm your host, Tyler Yonke. Today, we're doing a little bit different. We're going to have an interview episode. You know, there's been bad weather out there in Northern California lately, nasty weather all over the country, and it's, you know, you might still need to get some fitness. Maybe you need to have races you need to be ready for, uh, but bad weather or the need to accommodate your tight schedule has probably forced many riders indoors. And the market and technology has been there to make the most of it. Indoor training has led to indoor racing. And with the advent of online connectability, the gaming world, cycling has taken a whole new landscape and leading to a whole new world. You know, we've heard of Matt Heyman training on Zwift during his you know, injury hiatus and giving him fitness to win Paris-Roubaix in 2016. You know, I've also heard of Zwift races and now they're virtual world championships. Well, today... We're going to talk to one of the pioneers of this virtual world and taking on the mantle of innovator of cycling as a gaming prospect. I recently connected with Frank Garcia to discuss staying indoors and riding your bike. Frank Garcia is the CEO of CVR, that's Cyclogent Virtual Racing, World Cup and a former competitive cyclist himself. Frank began his cycling as many of us do, riding his bike back and forth to school, using his wheels to gain freedom. For Frank, it was about getting out on his bike in Arizona and soon to racing crits as a sprinter, which you will hear. With the cycling masses taking on, you know, Zwift and gaming, I thought it would be, you know, try to figure out what's going on and what's coming in the future of indoor cycling and esports in general. Frank definitely has a different view and a, a different channel that he's trying to take his company. And I, I hope you'll enjoy this episode of the Between Two Wheels podcast. Please like, share the show, give us a review on whatever platform you use and give us some comments, good or bad. We'll take and listen to them all. All right. So let's get into the interview with Frank discussing his early move into the tech world as his cycling career was well underway. family. And so uh, I did software and became a software entrepreneur um, as well. Uh, and then that uh, I did really well when I was younger as a software entrepreneur. And so I was able to really just sort of go around the country racing um, in my late 20s and early 30s. Um, and that was a lot of fun. Um, I'm sprinter type. Uh, so I love to suck wheel and uh, take all sorts of uh, scary chances at the end. Um, you know, in, in real life racing, uh, you know, when I did it and I'm, I'm a little too old to do that anymore because broken bones take uh, much longer to heal. It seems these days, but, uh, uh, uh yes, they do. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so how did you get involved into, okay. So the world of Zwift comes around and kind of just revolutionizes kind of some of the, the indoor racing. Uh, well, first of all, just training in general has taken a different, uh, whole step up with that. And then, so how did you become involved and how does this, your, um, business incorporate like Zwift and these other online um, training um, systems? So what happened was, uh, you know, I was very fit, uh, you know, four and a half percent body fat, uh, you know, skinny dude and, uh, you know, strong, I had strong legs. And then um, I stopped cycling a lot. And uh, so instead of, you know, six hours a day on the bike and eating, you know, tons of cal calories, I uh, stopped riding the bike, but I kept eating tons of calories and, and I got um, on fit. And then I had a son and I just, you know, just playing with him was, you know, a struggle. And I said, okay, well, this is, you know, this is ridiculous. Uh, and so, uh, you know, went to get, you know, back fit again. And as I was doing that, my old cycling coach was like, hey, um, 
then I went through a couple phases of that, you know, sort of the, the ups and downs of right. dieting and, and that right. sort of stuff. And, and uh, so this is a little bit later, but my cycling coach was like, hey, there's this new thing out because I, I told him I was riding the trainer and uh, trying to do that, you know, more and more. And because uh, I didn't really have time as a CEO, it's kind of hard to find the time to get out in the road and so on and so forth. And so I was riding the trainer more. And he's like, hey, there's this new thing called Zwift. And so I got involved with Zwift and uh, we set up the second team on Zwift um, in terms of racing. Uh, one of the first people to start racing on Zwift, uh, you know, way back in the day. And that's uh, where... Uh, that sort of focus. And then what we did was we created um, CVR World Cup, which is competitive events in real life, right? You know, a league uh, leading up to an in real life event. So we've done events in Las Vegas, London, Paris, Los Angeles, and Vancouver, just to give you a sense. Okay. Uh, prize purses um, hovering around the $100,000 um, level um, in terms of, you know, coming to the events, uh, give you an example, um, Vancouver, uh, from last year, which was June of last year, I think we paid out what was the highest ladies, um, payout for a race win, um, over 10 K, uh, and we pay men and women equally as well. So that's kind of how it all started. Um, and then we looked at sort of the mechanics of the game and we said, um, as we were on the forefront of esports, Hey, uh, this is a little too sedate for the esports crowd. Uh, you know, there's not things blowing up and, you know, cars <laughs> right. bouncing off of walls and, you know, all that sort of thing. Um, and so we created our own game to sort of meld these two worlds um, completely. Uh, so you have the physical aspects of the sport and you also have the sort of fun aspects of games and, uh, you know, a little bit more RNG as they call it, a little more randomness, uh, thrown into the mix. And then on top of that, we had uh, physical equalization. So the genders can race together, um, you know, all different genders, uh, people of different abilities, old, young, uh, you know, that sort of thing as well. Well, let's go into some of those. So let's just start with the last one you mentioned here. So you, you're saying you're, uh, you have a system that basically is like a handicap, like golf would be, uh, for all the genders, so they can race equally against each other. And how does that how does that work? Um, uh, well, there's some secret sauce that I'm not going to share uh, about fine. exactly how it works. I, I I know how cyclists are; they want to know all the you know all the little details. So some right. of that we keep secret. But basically, what you can think of it is this: what we're what we're doing is matching people's effort levels. So okay. if you're um, at 80 percent of your effort level and and uh, you know, maybe that's, uh, you know, 500 watts for you. And I'm at um, 80% of my effort level. And once upon a time, that might have been more watts. But let's say that's 300 watts for me right now. Um, then the, uh, the game is going to normalize that and we're going to end up racing together. Um, so when you go hard, I have to go hard. So we have a shared experience, uh, but we don't have to have the same power levels. And so uh, the best way I like to highlight this is sort of, uh, you know, being picked for sports when you were a kid. Uh, so now everybody can play the game and be engaged and uh, people who are a little less fit can um, be really encouraged and motivated to get more fit um, because they're able to be in the game, right? That's the key. Um, of the game. And uh, so that's, uh, that's kind of how that works. And the way that we do that is I won't get into all the gory details, but we monitor everybody's power curve in real time. And we um, monitor your fitness over the last 90 days. And we take all of that into account. And um, that creates a profile uh, where we can modify your power in game. Okay. So 
and look, I'm learning about your system as we're kind of going through here. I've, I've done some research a little bit on it, but I kind of want to work through this from maybe from a novice perspective to kind of get some of this. So you have this one thing that you just mentioned. Is that part of uh, like a gaming experience or is that separate from the World Cup events that you have? It, it's um, uh, it's both. Uh, okay. It's both parts. So uh, the, the game supports... Uh, it's highly configurable. So when you get into a game, anybody can create an event. And when you create an event, you can um, create the event the way that you want. And so for instance, uh, maybe a newbie, somebody coming from Zwift wouldn't want to have crashing in the game, which we think is uh, you know, a really key element of the game. But when right. you start, it, it's a little bit unnerving when you came from, you just get on your bike and you pedal and you don't have to steer, you don't have to do anything, right? Um, so you can create events all the way from, you know, no crashing, no power-ups, uh, just sort of the standard uh, gaming experience, very simplified all the way up to, and non-equalized. So you can have those as scratch as well uh, if you want. And then all the way up through lots of power-ups and crashing and um, and then equalization. So in, in any part of that continuum, you can set up events for. So, you know, our idea is the the user's rule. So, as, I mean, you have a crash. How realistic is, is this? Does it just set you back or does it actually kick you off your trainer? I mean, it's... Yeah, so... <laughs> that's a little facetious over there, but, you know... Let's, yeah, let's so, really push the levels here. Come on. Yeah. So the um, in CVR World Cup, we've actually had people fall off their trainers, and uh, yeah, I've, I've seen that in Zwift too. Yeah, and so so I, I it's it's pretty funny because I have some people are like, hey, you should have like you know a little, uh, you know, electronic mechanism quick... that throws you off the off the trainer. Right. I don't think we'll go there just because the attorneys would, uh, uh, you know, have some some deep right. deep concerns about that, but. Um, what what happens in game is like you're going around a corner and uh, you know you sort of have to take the apex of a corner. You don't have to, uh, okay. but if you're going fast, you want to. And and if you if you go too fast into a corner, you wreck, and and you fall off your bike virtually. Um, and there's about five seconds for you to sort of dust yourself off and climb back on, and uh, then you're you know you're back into the race so to speak. Uh, but obviously you're set back off uh, from you know the group moving on um, in CV Arcade. Now, CV Arcade's physics are really true to um, cycling. I think we have the best physics um, in the games out there anywhere. So uh, let's say if you're looking at Zwift, there's sort of a blob effect. And once you get off, you know, the, the blob, you can pretty much uh, sign, you know, end of day, you know, wave goodbye. Um, they're going to be, you know, speeding off into the, into the future. Um, with, um, CV Arcade, you have a couple of different aspects here. You have the ability one, it's very much like real life. So the people on the front have to be doing 500 watts, um, you know, to sort of stay away from you if you're if you're doing 500 watts, um, unlike uh, some of the other games. And then the second piece is these power-ups help you to get back, right? Because you can burn some power-ups and get back to the group. Um, right. And and again, the idea mm -hmm. is you sort of stay in the game, but the, the those mechanics are real. So that's kind of, that's crashing, how it works. A lot of people find crashing um, very frustrating, no big surprise there. Um, right. And so this will be sort of an arc over time, but it, it's what makes the game interesting. And uh, you can also crash by moving into other people. So like if you're switching lanes and there's somebody already there, you crash, you know, those kinds of things. So in a crowd, you have to be careful uh, just like you do in, you know, in real cycling. 
So let me. So your arcade portion, the gaming, or even uh, the the CVR uh, World Cup stuff. Are you using pretty much the shell of Zwift as your platform, and then you have your own uh, product kind of la- uh, layered on top of that? Is that kind of where we're at on this? Uh, no longer using Zwift in any way. Shape, no longer. Form. Okay. Okay. So, cause I had seen, I was watching some of your videos and it looked like that's what they were using. So you have your own complete platform separate at, at this point. That is correct. Yes. Okay. And just a kind of a business perspective, is that a lot of uh, investment that you had to look for, for that? Or how did that come about? Um, it came about uh, uh, sort of the, the um, well, so uh, yes, it is a considerable amount of investment. And the way that it came about was we were working with Zwift and Zwift had always said, hey, you know, we're going to go off and do our own esports thing. And you see that sort of happening, yeah. um, you know, now with a, sort of the KSL and, uh, you know, they've got some, you know, plans for the future you know, and they tend to focus on pros, uh, which is a little bit different than what we do. But the... Uh, and so it just became clear that they were going to go do their own thing and that we should probably go do our own thing as well. And uh, that's where uh, we went our separate ways. Okay. So I, I'm not really adept at uh, my friends and, and teammates stuff do a lot of Zwift. I personally haven't jumped into that world yet, but I, I do know a little bit about it. How many different uh, race courses or worlds or however you select them uh, do you have, um, like as not necessarily in comparison with them, but of your own? Um, so it's really hard to compare the two, um, because there's this, uh, a really popular feature inside of CV arcade is the ability to build your own tracks. So we have okay. a track builder inside of CVR arcade. And so people can go and they can build a mountain climb that they, you know, they like, or they can uh, just build a course that they think is cool, right? That has, you know, rollers and has a climb that they, you know, they think they're particularly well suited to or whatever. So, we already have like 7,000 tracks. Um, mm. So our problems is a different problem than let's say Zwift. So Zwift would have a much smaller number of tracks and um, and then you would see a difference uh, because they tend to have some selection, but it, you know, it's sort of a narrow selection of, you know, two or three. Right. And then uh, we would have the problem of, you know, you know, how do you pick from 7,000 tracks, right? Uh, and we have themes in games. So we have like a fantasy theme and a road theme and a mountain bike theme. So that's how we sort of narrow those down. And then we have uh, what we call high res worlds where we would have created some worlds um, as well. Uh, but we already have, uh, you know, thousands of kilometers of track, um, you know, in the game. Uh, now in, in any given time, probably a you know, much smaller portion of that is being used, but uh, you can see what'll happen. Like uh, we we see teams in the future uh, creating like a stadium, if you will, uh, but the, but their own track, and then having people um, come to the different tracks. And so we would expect the teams to set up a track that's conducive to their um, strengths, right? And 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 maybe accentuate other teams' weaknesses. And then you sort of go from track to track each week, right? So you get, you get a home field advantage. Uh, right. so, so some stuff like that. So it's, it's quite different, um, in its approach. Uh, so with the, uh, my, you know, there's, there's out there, uh, people concerned about, I'm just going to use the word Zwift because we've had that, uh, Zwift doping, which is, you know, uh, the way in and when you're doing this at home and I've seen your, your CVR events, uh, where they're there in person, but then doing them virtually. And obviously it would be a more controlled environment that way. Uh, is there any, what do you do for weigh in or for people that, uh, you know, 
kind of start me in that direction if you know what I'm Yeah, I'm so this is uh, so one thing to understand um, about CVR is uh, we've been in virtual racing uh, from the, the very earliest days, right? I mean, like okay. we were there at the beginning of this. And so we've really come to understand it. And I would say that it's a dirty little secret, except it's not a secret at all, right? Like you talk to any, um, I'll, I'll say real cyclist, right? Um, yeah. And the first thing they're going to talk about Zwift is, you know, sort of this Zwift doping, whether it's, I call it self-handicapping uh, right. is, is, is my euphemism for it. But people, whether it's, um, you know, cheating on their way or knowing that one trainer works better than another, you know, right. in sprints or, you know, so on and so forth. And so when we looked at that and we um, built CVR World Cup to begin with, and I won't get into all the rules that we had, um, but there was a significant amount of rules and we had to end in a live event, right? Um, but still you had the um, potential for people um self-handicapping, or sometimes they weren't even self-handicapping. Sometimes they were on a piece of equipment that they didn't realize had issues and everybody else would realize it had issues. And then they did perform very well. And then, you know, they wouldn't, right, on a, on a different piece of equipment. Well, that's also one of the reasons we built physical equalization, because okay. physical equalization takes all of that and just makes it uh, a moot point, right? With physical equalization, the more you try and cheat actually, the more you would hurt yourself because you create this bigger and bigger power curve. And then we could see that too. I mean, like if you're, you know, if you were at 500 watts one day and 600 watts the next day and 700 watts the next day and then 800 watts, I mean, obviously, you know, right. that's not human performance. And so we, we could call that out very easily. So physical equalization not only takes out, lets people play together, but it also lets them play together fairly. And we think that's a huge deal. Um, and uh, more and more people will realize that as we go forward. How do you monitor that? You're saying, you know, you're looking back months or days back on the when logged into the system and using it that you are able to look at that. Yeah, so we're we're capturing all, you know, we're capturing your cadence and your heart rate and your power, um, you know, once a second, actually a little bit more than that, but and we're storing all of that um, uh, over the course of time. So we have these, you know, huge databases developing and then we can, you know, analyze curves and analyze how people are doing against one another and all those types of things. Okay. So you have really interested in this world cup thing. So it happened in 2018. Are you doing that again for the next year? Is this uh, going to be ongoing? It is going to be ongoing. We actually have some um, really big announcements coming. I can't um, share just yet, but what I can tell people is that, um, CVR World Cup is going to be um, bigger and better and on, uh, you know, bigger prize purses, bigger stages, more streaming, lots of people watching. And our focus is what we call esports for everybody. Okay. And so um, our concept is um, rather than trying to highlight people's whose dreams have already come true because they're pro cyclists, right, is to um, do a true esports environment where anybody, like some person in their garage who never would have been discovered because, um, there's a lot of things that have to happen for you to become like a world-class athlete. 
you know, first you have to be genetically gifted. Um, second, you had to have had the inclination somewhere along the way. Then you needed to get introduced to the right people um, who could foster that inclination and that genetic ability and um, put you in contact with the right people and, you know, and then the politics of it all and so on and so forth, right? So um, we see that sort of as a closed environment. Um, and we want this to be very open, like, hey, anybody can jump in here. Um, and, and you see this already um, in these other platforms like Zwift, which is you identify people who are truly gifted. And at first, people would doubt them. Um, and now people are coming right. to understand that, no, like, like some of these guys are genetically gifted. They just didn't you know, have the, the same opportunities or, or didn't have the inclination to follow them because they're fathers or, you know, or whatever. Um, and, and so the, you see that difference. And so those are the people we want to focus on. We want to create stars. We want to see the storyline. We want to see, you know, sort of the grand failures and the grand triumphs um, of people just, you know, going all in and uh, see what happens in the esports world. So, yeah, and what you're saying there about creating people, you know, we saw this with uh, the uh, world. I think I don't know if it's Zwift or if it's just E World Championships or how they have that. The one of the guys that won that, I think his wife had stage four cancer, so he was staying at home a lot. That was kind of his training idea. Some other people have got contracts, pro contracts, after doing their Zwift stuff. Um, so, commend you for that. Now, how do they get involved and to get up to these big events where you're saying they're paying out a lot of money? And we'll talk about how whether you're getting the money for that. And then is your audience kind of a, a twofold? Is it not only the creating the cyclists uh, who can be, you know, these uh, amazing stars, or is it kind of an audience to, to participate and watch? Yeah, there, there's really, um, it, there's two distinct groups here. So there's uh, the people who I'm going to say are uh, the, 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 the game, well, maybe three distinct groups. So we see the cyclists, obviously, um, yeah. who get into this and they're already, I'm going to call most cyclists hardcore, right? Yeah. You know, ultra endurance sport. We, right. we like to suffer. Um, most people don't get it, right? Uh, yeah. When I would tell people that I was happy, I took an easy day back when I was competitive and I only <laughs> rode for three hours, they were like, right. you know what? Um, so we're all pretty hardcore and we're, we're all used to that. And so obviously we want to appeal to a lot of those people um, for lots of reasons. Uh, one, they're uh, primary demographic and also they have the equipment already, right? Uh, so, yeah. so that makes sense. Then you have the gamers we're trying to appeal to. So one of the things that we went to um, when we created CV Arcade was it had to be fun as a game. Like if I just sat with a controller and we have a mode where you can just sit with a controller, um, then it needed to be fun as a game so that gamers would 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 get it. And the reason that we wanted to do that is because we wanted to pull in more people to cycling, right? We wanted to introduce people to cycling in a different and unique way and then pull them in almost, um, uh, you know, it's not a bait and swift, but it's almost like a bait and swift. You come for a game and pretty soon you're getting fit and uh, it's a whole different experience for you. And that opens up a, a whole nother world for you. And so we want to pull a lot of people into cycling that way. So that's the people who will use the software. Now the people who will watch it, right? Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's a whole different thing. And so uh, one of the things that we wanted to do there, and we think this is absolutely key and a key differentiator uh, from what we're doing against what other people are doing is I just saw an article, which is cycling is the eighth most boring sport to watch. Um, and, and, uh, and we've seen that, like when we uh, took our stuff to the streaming platforms, the esports streaming platforms, 
like people would be like, I don't like, where's the gameplay? I don't get it. Like yeah. I'm watching a whole bunch of dudes, you know, and or women, uh, you know, riding in this pack and, you know, they're not falling off their bike and they're not crashing. And, you know, it's interesting. They would be captivated by the physical um, essence of it, of what people were doing and how yeah. they were going hard and sweat dripping off. But they're like, the game is like, like that's boring, dude. Um, and so we said, okay, we want to have both of those things, right? We need to have that physical connection, but it also needs to be the sport itself needs to be exciting. And I think we've done a very good job of, uh, balancing those two, the sort of the physical cycling aspect and, uh, the gaming aspect. Now it's going to take a little time. Uh, cyclists are a little bit, uh, uh, shall we solve, call them a traditionalists perhaps um, in it. some ways. And, and and so it'll take them a little time to, to pick that up. But as they see that arc and they see what it does for cycling over the long haul, uh, we think they'll, they'll absolutely come along. So where's the money you, you talked about being able to pay out some pretty good prizes. Uh, where's the money coming from? Um, the, the money comes from, uh, well, first of all, we should talk about the marketplace a little bit. Sure. And so, uh, the, the esports market is just exploding. Um, so you see that with Zwift, um, as well, right. and they're trying to capitalize on it in a certain way. And we're trying to capitalize on it in a, in a different way as I, as I just highlighted, but this space is incredibly hot. So people are, you know, dumping money in to this space, you know, hoping to latch onto the people who will be, um, successful over the long haul. And that's where the money's coming from. Okay. So sponsors. And I also saw, um, uh, it was on your website, uh, uh, Hunter Allen, uh, is he involved or is he just, um, promoting it in kind of a, I'm a coaching and this is something to do. Was he involved in anything official? Um, he's very involved. Okay. Um, and so, uh, he is, um, a partner with the organization. And, um, and I mean that in every sense of the, sense of the word and he helps us develop. So we have workouts, um, inside of CV arcade as an example. Uh, those are developed by Hunter and, you know, there's, you know, periodization plans and I won't get into all of the, you know, the gory so stuff, but I don't mean to stop you, but I'm curious here. So you not only have the gaming aspect where you can go and compete, but then you have people who, you know, there's trainer road, there's all these other ones out there that can have specific platform and training programs is you're saying that's what Hunter's offering on in your uh, system as well. That, that is correct. Yes. Oh, okay. And, Good. And, and what we'll try and do that's different than everybody else is um, add a gaming flair. And, and the gaming flair isn't all there in our workouts um, right now. And so I, uh, you know, people will see this arc go over time. But we want to make one of the things that we look for in CV Arcade is what we call flow, flow state. And flow state, uh, the best way for me to sort of make clear what flow state is, is we ask people when they get off of CV Arcade, how long do you think you worked out? And uh, the, they usually pick about half the amount of time they actually worked out. Mm. Um, so that's the first thing to understand about CV Arcade. And, and the way that, that that happens is you don't want to crash and you're, you're paying attention to the corners and uh, you, you know, you're paying attention to other riders that are, that are near you and your mind is highly focused, right? So it's not sort of this experience where you could watch a movie or you could watch a soccer game while you were on your trainer. So, right? this so when my, I'm telling my boys that, you can only be on the games for another 30 minutes and they think they did, but it was like an hour. Is this kind of the same? That before? is exactly it. That's ex right. spot on. Right. And so, but now think about this. If, if your kids were doing physical activity, you might be like, yeah, it's okay. Go, go for an hour. Right. right? It, it, it's, it's okay. Right. Um, right. And, and they would be stoked because one, they would only think it was a half an hour and two, they would, would be having a lot of fun. So uh, 
when we build stuff and uh, workouts are the same way, they're not quite there yet. Um, and, and they're coming along, we're in beta. And, but that's the idea. So that when you get on and you do a workout, that you're having to do these turns and you're having to do other things. And so now you've doubled the length of time of your workout. You had a good time, you got more fit and, and that's where we're heading um, with uh, what we're doing in terms of flow state and workouts. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, so is there, is there any kind of, are you trying to build this, the arcade up more than this, the, the, the world cup or is it, are these symbiotic? Uh, do you see them? Are is there separate entities for this or is this all kind of just pushing along? And then let me ask you this question. So when you're doing the CVR world cup stuff, and I know you said there's changes coming, um, those are, you are picking specific type of uh, events. You're not allowing them to, to, to select one of these 7,000 plus different courses. Is that correct? Well, that's a good question. Um, so no, we are selecting them. However, that being said, you know, we, we, um, we have analytics going, data analytics going, and we see what people like, right? Um, like, so all these events get set up, all these different tracks and but just like anything else, the cream rises to the top and we see what yeah. people enjoy doing. And so those are um, what we build CVR World Cup around. Um, and it's it's very much a symbiotic relationship, uh, which makes it a little bit tough on us because there's a lot of things that we have to do sort of at the same time. So in the game, there is audio and video. Uh, so first of all, uh, you can talk to people. Um, and you can have channels and so you can have a team channel or you can have a track channel where you're talking to anybody on the track, but we also have video built in. So literally you can push a button and it'll turn on your webcam and it'll stream you. Well, why do we do that? Um, because that's part of what makes esports interesting. Physical esports interesting is the physical aspect. So we want to be able to capture that video coming in and broadcast it out in esports. Um, and so all of those things, um, you know, work in succession um, together and we push all of those along um, as we go. Um, talk to me a little bit about the structure of, so you're someone out there, I saw on your, your website, it said it's going to put you in, uh, if you're doing the CVR World Cup stuff, it's going to put you in different uh, categories. Um, if you've never done it, you guys place them. Is this something where they would have to be uh, riding a lot on your system to actually, how do you place them if they've never done any of the racing? Right. So the, you have to sort of, you don't have to sort of, you have to join the league um, and you have to race the league um, over time. And there's a, a typically a preseason and that's where we're sort of monitoring you and your power curve and uh, monitoring your effort levels and, uh, you know, taking into account, uh, you know, heart rates and other things to uh, understand what your effort levels are, um, you know, quickly, but it takes us a little bit of time to sort of establish um, what your power curve really is. Uh, will you, will you raise and lower people from those categories based on that during the, the league play? Um, yes. And okay. so, and, and there's really two sides of this. So you can think of scratch as needing categories, and then you can think of physical equalization as removing all of that, right? Because okay. now everybody can gotcha. race together, right? And, and that becomes a little bit more of a skill thing. And I think when I when we talk about it, people are like, oh, well, then if we're exactly equal, um, then the physical aspect is not really very much a part of it. It's just I'm playing a game and it's about the controller. And it's like, no, like, like anybody who's done physical activity for a while, realize you have good days, you have bad days, you have days that you're on, you have days that you're off. And, um, and, and sometimes you have the force of will to, to keep going when, you know, everything hurts and, right. um, and you just want to stop. And that's the beauty of the game, right? So this physical aspect um, very much intertwines with the skill aspect. 
and um and so that's you know that's an exciting element of it on the the physical equalization thing so that sets a precedent coming into an event and then during that event it's not being readjusted is it is it set in place so that you have this going in so or does that make sense to that question yes it does in fact uh so what we do um when we first built it um one of the things that we did is it would uh, sort of like every five minutes it would update your your power curve uh mm. well so if you were on a good day um you know, by the Penalized. end of the race, right? It would it would be penalizing you, right? That's that's not good. Uh, if you're on a good day, you should be experiencing your good day. So uh, we stop doing that, and we do it once a day. So we adjust it once per day, uh, sort of in the middle of the night, depending on where you are, right? You can think of it that way. And so each day when you get into an event, your power curve doesn't change, but each day it, it changes. Now, as you get closer and closer, as you go week through week, um, there's a couple of things that happen. Um, one, uh, your power curve, remember last 90 days. And so you just did the league. So your power curve is, is typically set unless you're going to have a breakout day, the day of the race, which is possible, right? I mean, it's the big event you're peaking for it. You know, right. uh, we take that into account, but if you somehow like doubled your power, we'd call foul. Right. right. Um, you know, on, on the day of the event, because that, that doesn't happen either. So uh, like I will get a virtual drug test. Is that kind yeah, of, a... it, it is. So, you know, we're watching your activity all the time and, and we're monitoring all of your different, you know, metrics and how you normally ride and all of that sort of stuff. And if you got way out of that bounds, then we'd say that's out of bounds literally. Um, and so there's a lot that goes into, into this. Do you have uh, an idea of how many, I guess it would be, what is it, subscribers, uh, league participants that you have currently and how that has progressed over the last few years? Um, uh, so I'd, I'd have to look at the, the latest um, numbers, but uh, think about uh, between five and 7,000 league participants. And, um, uh, and, and that's sort of the, uh, sort of the base um, and we expect that to grow dramatically over time. Um, but that's sort of the starting point. Is there anything you guys have uh, like, okay, Zwift, you have to get your certain, maybe a dongle or something to set it up or your smart trainer. How do you connect with yours? Is there a specific gear that you need uh, that someone would need to, to, to do to, to start with your, your process? It's very similar to Zwift, so sort of the same equipment, right? Like, uh, okay. so you know, like if you were in Zwift, you could just hook up <laughs> to CV Arcade. There's, uh, we're free to play, um, hmm. so there's no subscriptions or any 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 of that sort of thing. It's more like uh, Fortnite would be in terms of like pay for cosmetics and and, and that sort of thing. So, uh, and uh, and you mentioned Hunter earlier, and so uh, if you like the workouts, um, you can p get a pass for workout pass and, and that costs um, some dollars as well. So uh, people can take a look at that. But basically the game is free and you can just get in and race. And so for instance, for the World Cup, um, you can literally get involved in the World Cup uh, with no uh, no money involved uh, and you might get uh, you know tens of thousands of dollars on the payout. So uh, that's not a bad deal. You had mentioned before about maybe a trainer uh, that someone uses is is you know, helps them or doesn't help them or whatever. Um, so what do you do on the the World Cup events? Is that do people bring their own? I know you have the equalization thing that helps, but are you supplying kind of even more level in the field of like here's just your platform, bring your bike, and 
or what do they, they do when they get yeah, to the Yeah, so we, um, we work with the manufacturers. So in all of the, the World Cups previously, everybody's on the same equipment. It's all been calibrated by the manufacturer. Um, and so uh, any of those differences are removed in the in real life events. Um, and so that, you know, that changes things uh, substantially uh, so that everybody's on an equal playing field. They just bring their own bike, though, I would assume. Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, not. and so, well, <laughs> so, uh, I, I think you, you're probably a hardcore cyclist. I was, I always took my own bike everywhere. I would never, right. like, I would never ride somebody else's bike or, you know, uh, rent one or anything like that. Just, just didn't do that. And I'm surprised about half of the people do, um, do that. And then the other half are a little like, Hey, I'll ride whatever. And, you know, they'll rent from a local bike shop or we'll help them rent from a local bike shop. So it's, it's, uh, it's interesting um, uh, that way. So that sort of tells you there's already sort of these differentiations of, of the groups um, that race. And so people have a different yeah. uh, take on it. Well, and, you know, back when you and I were probably racing earlier when we were younger, uh, a lot of bikes were custom or, you know, every little thing. But, you know, now it's it's kind of a small, medium, a large bike. And you, so maybe it's easier for them to fit themselves, at least if they have their numbers and stuff, they can, they can dial it in, but you don't have any bike sponsors yet. Yeah, it sounds like that you would just, here's a, a bike and we'll, we'll have you fit for the event. Uh, no bike sponsors yet. Okay. Um, anything you wanted to put out there that we haven't maybe addressed, uh, that you just wanted to let everyone know about your, your, your product. I think that the, one of the things we, uh, you know, I think we've hit on all the topics, you know, in terms of free to play and physical equalization, um, but also uh, for everyone to realize that the the, the payouts, uh, you know, for genders and everything are equal. And uh, one of the things that's very interesting that we see is, in terms of viewership, um, in terms of our audience, and we didn't talk a little, we didn't talk enough about that earlier. So I'll, I'll probably mention that because I talked about the two groups, and but you have the spectating group, and the spectating group is right. different, right? Um, and we're certainly appealing to the, to that group. And what we found that's interesting is the the viewership for CVR World Cup is a little higher, not a lot higher. It's it's very close, but it's a little higher for the women. Mm. And um, and because of that, interestingly, for instance, in L.A., I think it was the women actually got a little bit more of a payout than the men. So actually, the women were a little bit higher. And that's because uh, we do cheering and people, you know, when they're watching can contribute sort of a la Dota, if you will, uh, some of the other esports um, platforms and, and the and the women brought in more money. Right. Um, and so we see these would be a, a keen to like a crowd cream type of thing for the I, non the e writer. Yes, exactly. Right. Um, you know, all happening over the internet. Right. So, so thousands, so these premiums end up being thousands of dollars that get added to, um, the overall prize purse for both the, the men and the women, for instance, at the last major, which was in Los Angeles. And, uh, so anyway, it's a very, very exciting times. Uh, we, we see, uh, both areas, uh, growing dramatically. Uh, when does a new season begin? What's kind of your, is it off season for nor outdoor riding or how does, when is that? Yeah. So we do um, basically four seasons per year. Um, we see a little bit less of the seasonal aspect because we're also a game. Right. right. Um, okay. And so that, that changes the the dynamics a little bit. You know, it's not like, Oh, I don't want to ride my trainer. I just want to ride outside uh, kind of thing. It's like, Oh, you know, let's go be social and talk to people and uh, you know, in, in different places and, and ride the game. So that's a little bit different. So we do four seasons per year. Um, we're currently in preseason. 
Um, and that preseason will last probably another four weeks and then we'll um, fire up the regular season and then we'll have the postseason and then uh, the in real life event uh, probably hit uh, right around um, early to mid June. Okay, so you're you're starting to ramp up ending in June for kind of the, the big finale. That's correct. Yes. Okay. And, and does that you plan on going several years out still? I imagine that's, uh, well, you know, we'll wait for your big announcement. Maybe that'll solve all our problems. <laughs> well, there's, um, there's a lot of stuff happening in the esports world. And, and so, yeah. uh, w- you know, we, uh, we can't say yet, but I think there's, it's exciting times. Uh, gotcha. So I think everybody should enjoy this because some companies will make it and some companies won't. And, there'll, but there'll be a lot of investment and I think it'll be, lots of fun for people to sort of enjoy riding this wave. What's interesting about your platform here is from what I can tell and what we were talking about here, you know, I have two teenage boys that play video games, but they also spend time watching people play video games. I know, you know, number one YouTubers type of people, you know, make millions of dollars playing video games and people are watching their product. So you mentioned, and you just went over it, that that is part of the the group that you're looking to attract still is that audience. And you said it was boring to watch cycling on TV and or so your eSport, your, your arcade game, you're looking to build an audience. Is that part of it too, of just a participation full 360? Uh, absolutely, right. So they're... Uh, let's take, you know, your standard sort of Zwift demographic, right? It's, it's sort of, you know, I'm going to say you're, you know, 38 year old male um, is sort of the standard, you know, Zwift demographic. And um, there's lots of good things about that demographic. And we certainly want to pull that demographic in, but we also want to expand the demographic to women, pull in way more women. And we want to um, expand the demographic to younger people and, and uh, we also want to be able to, um, so for instance, I've been riding my bike forever. Um, yeah. And my, my wife, while physically fit, um, whenever we would go out on a bike, it was, you know, pretty miserable for me and pretty miserable for her, right? I mean, you know, right. I would try and yeah. go slow and it, that would seem too hard for her and we'd go up a hill and, you know, you know, anyway, anybody who's ridden with people of differing abilities. And so we can bring all that together and then you can watch it. Right. And so what you see, for instance, uh, what we've seen in CVR World Cup is the women are every bit as much as compelling when you're up close and personal and you see them suffering every bit as much um, as the men suffer and putting in, you know, just as much effort. And uh, you see sort of the, you know, the pain and the triumph on, on the faces and that pulls people in and then you make it fun to watch. And we think of it in terms of like plays. So like if you were to watch League of Legends or for that matter, NFL or NBA or whatever, what makes these things exciting is there's plays going off all the time, right? And you can cheer that one play. You don't have to watch the whole event and it's not just, you know, watch the Tour de France for six hours and then, you know, really what you're you're doing is you're going to watch the end of the climb or the sprint or, you know, or whatever's happening. So how do we extend that viewership and pull people in um, for that entire time, especially people who aren't cyclists, right? Now, I can watch marathons. My wife's like, how can you possibly watch a marathon? That's the most boring thing ever. Right. <laughs> right? Um, and same with cycling, but I know what's going on for those people. I know how much they're suffering and you see them fade a little bit or you see them, you know, uh, start to get a second wind or whatever. And so like, if you're really dialed in, uh, those things can be enjoyable. But if you're just your sort of standard, you know, NFL, NBA audience, um, and a lot of those people, you know, get highly into it, but a lot of the people are sort of out on the cursory and you need to give them something to keep them engaged, you know, the entire time versus it's all going to happen at the end. 
this might be a, a bit of a softball question, but you know, cycling itself, we see uh, road cycling has, you know, there's there's suffering, you know, events declining as far as you know, some getting not canceled, some you know, the the viewership is going down, our ridership is going down. Is this the future of cycling for you? Or, I mean, I know there's a gaming aspect, and you've got a technology company, but is this? Do you see this as kind of the future of cycling? I, I do, uh, but I also think. Um, cycling, we've been around cycling long enough, right? And, right. and you know, we saw sort of the, uh, dare I say it, sort of the Greg LeMond and then the Lance Armstrong era. And, and so you see cycling sort of rise, you know, ebb and flow in the U.S. And then, you know, you, you saw Team Sky and, um, you know, uh, Froome and, and all of those in the U.K. And it gets really big there. So it's interesting. Cycling has this ability to sort of ebb and flow. And so I think this is what's going to happen. And this is what we're sort of after is pull people into the virtual environment. And a lot of people will stay there, but a lot of people will be like, oh, you know what? I kind of want to go out and ride my bike and see how it's different, right? Um, and they are different experiences. And so uh, we see it growing in that way. Now it's interesting, uh, and, and, and here's what we also see. So we created these themes. So we have this sort of fantastical theme. And uh, the reason we created that is because A, it's more gamer and it uh, allows us to have like tractor beams and power-ups that don't make any sense when you're just riding your bike, right? Um, right. Uh, and so th those are different. And so we created a road theme because I'm a road cyclist and I, you know, why anybody would ride a mountain bike just befuddles me. Um, <laughs> but we created a mountain bike theme because there's a lot of people that like that. And wow, that has been, that's really captured the imagination. So you can, you know, come in and do bunny hops over logs and, and, and that sort of thing um, in terms of CV arcade. And now people like this difference, right? You can, okay, you can ride your road bike today or you can ride your mountain bike. Um, or you can go, you know, right around Saturn and just be, you know, totally in an alien world or, you know, or whatever. And I think that's going to energize a lot of people. It's going to pull them in. And then I think uh, that will grow cycling on the road um, or mountain biking, right? Just outdoor cycling, let's call it, um, as well as indoor cycling. Gotcha. Well, we've been talking today with Frank Garcia, the CEO of Cyclogent Virtual Racing. That's CVR. Uh, Frank, I really appreciate you taking the time to join us and to, to just give us an idea of what's out there besides just the road. And if anybody wants to get in contact with your company or check your, your system and your, your CVR out, how would they do that? Uh, CVRWorldCup.com or CVRCADE. That's CVRCADE.com. Okay. And we'll link to all those in our show notes. So thanks once again for joining the Between Two Wheels podcast. Check us out on YouTube, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever the podcast may be found. And once again, Frank, appreciate it. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. This has been episode 101 of the Between Two Wheels podcast. Thank you for sticking around and joining in. As always, subscribe and share the show via iTunes, Stitcher, Podbeam, or whatever podcast service you use. And for this week, the show will also be on our Between Two Wheels podcast YouTube channel as well. I think it's actually named now B2W Podcast. Uh, interact with us on our Facebook page by searching Between Two Wheels. That's the number two, Between Two Wheels. And on our Twitter, Instagram, B2 underscore podcast. The links will be in the show notes found in the description of this feed. Thank you for listening, and especially to my partners, Kurt and Chris, who will be back with us next time. See ya.